Welcome to Stargate Infinity. We lost our bet. Hey, walking through the Stargate podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. And this is episode two, and we'll be talking about Stargate Infinity's episode number two, Double Duty. <laughs> number two, Double Duty? Oh, no. We... <laughs> That didn't hit me until just now. <laughs> well, you know, I'm going to give special thanks to all of our Patreon supporters <laughs> because they are what makes this podcast possible uh, and uh, why we're doing this in the first place. So I want to give special thanks to all of you for this uh, episode um, and, and, and this part of the project of watching Stargate Infinity. It's, it's a hoot. And yes. today we'll be talking about Double Duty. And uh, going from there. Yep. And again, Zach, keep in mind, we got to keep. So this episode was really bringing it to bear about how important canon is. So we've got 38 minutes to get this job done. Yes. Well, canon is really quite important. It's just only important when you can completely ignore it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we'll get into it. (laughs) So we got a few background facts, Brent. Mm-hmm. Uh, the director is uh, once again Will Mjolnir. Yeah, Mew Mew. Will Mew Mew. As I said last time, uh, he is the director, I think, of pretty much all of the episodes. So uh-huh. awesome for that. Uh, we have a teleplay, uh, Mark Edens and Michael Edens are the ones mm-hmm. who did the uh, teleplay for this. The original air date for this episode was September 21, 2002. Mm-hmm. And as for the voice actors, they are all the same as in previous weeks. And so I'm not going to dig. Now, folks can just listen to that. episode one from last month. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, with that, uh, I looked for interesting trivia for this episode, <laughs> and I did not. Fine. <laughs> oh, what a shame. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, uh, with that then, um, let's just delve into the synopsis, shall sure. we? Sure. Let's get uh, into it. This is the synopsis that's pulled straight from StargateFandom.com. Uh-huh. Um, I did not have a chance to do any type of editing or anything like that to it, so I'm just going to read it. And that's okay. to be fair... I haven't actually read this until just now, so... Okay! (laughs) We're getting this for the first time! Super fresh. Yes! The team and the creature arrive on a world Harrison considers to be a dog's dream planet. (laughs) Major Gus Bonner attempts to reopen the Stargate in order to return to Earth, but finds that his GDO has been locked out. The next second, a large mosquito-like creature flies towards the team and into the gate. Oh, no. The creature is smashed against the iris, convincing General Stoneman that whoever dialed the gate has been destroyed. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Stacy tries in vain to contact Stargate Command. Major Bonner tells the cadets that, since they obviously cannot return to Earth, they will just have to do their best to evade the Tlacan by gating from planet to planet. He goes on to inform them that he was on this planet a few months ago and that the squirrels are pretty dangerous. Harrison mocks Bonner for not being able to handle some squirrels, only to find himself and the chrysalis seized by a giant squirrel and put in its cheek pouches. Oh no! Oh yes. 
Major Bonner and the remaining cadets attempt to shoot down the creature, but its protective casing absorbs the blasts, and the squirrel swings away into the trees. Bonner uses a jetpack to rescue Harrison and the chrysalis, but the squirrel pushes them down, forcing him to land in something soft. Mm. Bonner and Harrison find themselves surrounded by the native thorn aliens. Bonner explains that he thinks he might have spread an illness to the villagers, who were suffering from a plague the first time he visited the planet. That's not that's right. That's not right. That's not right. Yep. Yep. But that's okay. Okay. Yep. Echo points out that all SG teams are screened for infectious diseases before passing onto the Stargate. Passing through the Stargate. But Bonner <laughs> feel, still feels responsible and insists on staying until the villagers improve. All of the villagers that were seen only in the small child. Yes. Stacy argues that they have to protect the chrysalis, but Ciel decides to stay with the major. Harrison complains that when he joined the Air Force, he thought it, he wouldn't have he wouldn't have to think anymore. But he decides to go with Stacy and Echo. Echo dials the gate, but stops when the chrysalis starts to move. The cadets don't notice that something has already begun dialing the gate from off-world until they hear the kawoosh. Oh, no! Tlacan warriors start to file out of the gate, and the cadets run. Although only Harrison manages to escape, he jumps onto one of the all-terrain vehicles, and the Tlacans start to blast at him. But Dakil orders them to stop. The gate deactivates. Commander Dakil had brought with him giant assault tanks and many warriors. Harrison radios Bonner and tells him the situation. Bonner agrees to meet with Harrison at the Squirrel Tree, and Seattle is going to... Is going to, is going yeah, yeah. to. Okay. Yeah. However, she feels something happening to the chrysalis. Back to the commander... Back to Commander Dakil. The chrysalis is beginning to break up. Then... <laughs> a flying creature, alien creature, emerges from it and flies away. Stacy and Echo manage to break free of their Tlacon captors and run away. Harrison picks them up on the vehicle and takes them to the tree. The end. That is not the end. That's not the end. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, the, the I, I got to really quick look this up to see if I just missed this <clears throat> something. Maybe there's another or, paragraph? Maybe. You know, the ancient, uh, t- you know, observes them and, and then uh, comes on down and gets the name Draga and uh, heals the whole village because sometimes there is something you can do. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, that is where the synopsis ends. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. And then off they go to another world. Where are they going? Someplace else. Someplace else. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Sorry. So, uh, Brent. Yeah. After that, Mm -hmm. tell me what double duty. (laughs) Help me with this one. Double duty. Um, uh, I said duty. Uh, so last time. I was a little bit surprised at how much I enjoyed watching the episode that from the framework of Saturday morning cartoons, how I thought it did a really, really good job. And there was still elements of uh, this episode that I thought was still technically hitting the marks. 
But um, <clears throat> there are now starting to be story elements that are getting introduced that just flagrantly violate some of the established Stargate lore, um, <clears throat> which I'm glad the synopsis kind of described how Echo stopped dialing and then the gate opened with the Tlacon coming through because it really did look like he was dialing a gate address and then something got us, you know, then then the wormhole got established and then Tlacon came through as in something that can't happen. Um, Which is exactly how I kind of saw it at first. Yeah, and I'm like, well, yeah, that's weird. Yes, of course. Um, also, uh, I get it in the in the mainline story. Uh, the ancients are no longer with us and they have ascended. Uh, and here we have a different idea about what the ancients could be. And it's this dragon lady. Um, and that's fine-ish. It's fine-ish. I'm willing to run with it. Um, it's a fairly interesting story idea. Let's see where this goes. And then there were a couple of things in here that I thought were <sighs> clunky. But the only one that's really coming to mind is, well, we'll get to it, another one in a second here. But uh, the one of the things that I really didn't think worked at all was how um, Stacy went from like being mad at her dad to like sobbing on Seattle's shoulder. I don't shoulder. think it's her dad. I think it's her uncle. Uncle. But same difference. Yeah, within like a minute, not even, within three seconds, bang. I mean, she was just like crying on Seattle's shoulder. And I, I was like, wait, what? I didn't expect that. Um, I get it, right? She is supposed to be feeling a level of grief and confusion because the person that she thought was this reliable colonel within the Air Force is turning out, you know, from her point of view, uh, could potentially be an enemy. <clears throat> so she's confused about that and it's stressing her out and that's fine. But it kind of happened real fast, um, which whatever, it's a cartoon. And then uh, I, I I couldn't help but notice that the uh, the Tlacon appeared to be made out of pumice because uh, Stacy did an over the shoulder throw of what appeared to be <laughs> big yes. meaty bad guy, yes. and she just chucked him. And Seattle did too, I think. And yeah. uh, so they must be lighter than they look. And I think that this theory is reinforced by the fact that their tanks are made out of plastic because it literally melted. The whole thing melted. Like, the tank melted, Zach. Yes, uh, it did. Uh, didn't blow up. It melted. They decided that melting was the thing that they wanted to do on that one. Um, and so uh, so th that aside, I found myself chuckling at the dumb jokes, Zach. They were dumb. They were dumb jokes. And uh, I can't remember which one that Gus Bonner... Oh, yeah, no. So you decided to call them squirrels? Well, it seemed funny at the time. I snorted. I'm like, <laughs> yep, I've been there. <laughs> let's 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 call something something dumb. And then, oh, it's a bad idea. Uh, a couple of the dad jokes that were in there, like the, the you know, like, don't try not to try not to look like a nut or something like that. I, I just thought it was dumb enough to be funny. Um, alas, I couldn't help myself. And uh, the stupid little heartstring pull with the sick thorn and the cutesy little voice. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, I, I get it. It's dumb. But I was like, eh, that's, no, I, I, want, I want that little guy to get healed. And then like the deus ex machina there where, where, where Draga like can super heal 
like just walk into a hut and heal everything. Like, yeah, it's that that's convenient. Uh, it relieves uh, Gus Bonner of his 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 strangely placed guilt. Yeah, um, I, I had I, a tickle in my throat, and then yeah. now clearly, if they're having a plague, it must be my fault, right? Like, okay, and, whatever. Oh, and so, and everybody seems to be perfectly fine except the whole village and the boy. And yeah. the boy is the only one who's actually sick. Yeah, it, it made no sense. So, you know, if I if I look at it too hard, uh, it doesn't pass the muster of good story at all. However, um, once again, I found myself kind of like wanting to, you know, what's going to happen next? Oh, how's this, what's going to happen next? How's this going to resolve? Oh, look at that. And of course, it wrapped up way too conveniently, but it's a cartoon. It's supposed to do that. I'm reminded of um, Thundercats, how like every episode, the main theme would play. <clears throat> the good guys would get super awesome. You'd have Lionel go thunder, thunder, th-, every time, ho, and he'd kick everybody's butt. Like I mean, that was that was that was the whole point. And so I'm expecting these episodes to get the team into a pickle, and then the main theme to start playing, and then to just totally wipe the floor with the bad guys and escape. So okay, I don't know how many times that formula will be interesting. I doubt it's going to be interesting for very long, but <laughs> we're not there yet. Uh, so I had an okay time with this one. So what about you? What do you think about this episode? So I admittedly yesterday, I was not feeling very good when mm-hmm. I watched this episode. I was just kind of feeling, uh, you know, I had a headache. My body was achy all over uh, and I had to watch this episode and this did not help me in any way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the first thing I noticed was, Hey, look at that. The gate is already active and the chevrons are going zip, 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 lighting up. And I'm like, wait a second. What's going on with this? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, just the, the mustache twirling of the one guy who's like, <laughs> and then when you find the context, the, the yeah. bad guy. Oh, oh, and, and then that spot when, when he apparently sneaks off world. Yeah. Yeah, and and right? he pulls out this little ball that he's going to talk to the t- t- clock on, and and uh, he he gets there, and before he does that, he like he like mutates and he like like tears off his clothes. And oh like, yeah, I mean it's like you do realize that now your clothes are shredded when you return back to what you were before. Oh, but when uh, he shapeshifts, though, that's the, that's the thing is that he didn't he didn't tear off he, the clothes weren't the thing that got shredded, the 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 uh. He he makes his exoskeleton look like clothing, and we were watching it just get torn asunder. Because, hey Zach, guess what? What? Captain Grimes isn't who he appears to be. <gasps> oh, oh, yeah. And remember, okay. you might not have seen that last week because you're a kid, and last week you were too busy playing kickball. That that is true. Um, I will say that I, I do appreciate that it does actually continue more or less where it left off last week. Yeah. From last week. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of cool. Um, and, and at the same time, it is a self-contained story. So if you hadn't seen anything else, uh, you know, if you were that kid who had been playing kickball last week and you didn't see it, uh, you know, all of those pieces would have come out in this episode and you would have been like, oh, perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. It would, you know, you would have followed everything without any problems. Um, uh, I, I, 
while it didn't work well for me in the story, although it wasn't a surprise, I do appreciate the fact that the ancient has healing capabilities, mm-hmm. which is something that the real ancients do have. Yeah, and that's I'm right. I'm certain that that's a complete accident. They didn't yeah. try for that or anything. No. Um, so, but anyway. So, here's the story that we have in this this uh, the uh, infinity so far. Yeah. Right? We're... 20 years or so in the future uh, from where we are in the TV show. Yes. Right, 20, 25 years. Yep. And we hadn't heard, we know about the ancients and, and the furlings and all that stuff. We haven't really uh, learned much about them. And now we have this chrysalis that turns out that the ancients are some sort of dragon creature yep. that uh, can basically do a mind meld. Yes. And uh, then learn how to speak English. In a minute. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 exactly. And just, oh, and although it was kind of creepy, like, like, what do you want to learn? I want to learn everything. I want to know everything. I suck out like, your mind. Yeah, yeah, it was a little, yeah, it was a little much. Um, then, you know, the Taklan are, are bad and, and they, they want to kill Bonner because, uh, Grimes because wants him Grimes dead. asked him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was just like, he's like, you, he dares to ask me for something. Well, he just wants you to kill. Oh, well, huh, I was going to kill him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell Grimes to consider it done. As I, as I further complicate my previous statement by, demand, by thinking it impossible that Grimes demand anything of me. I will do as you ask. Uh, it, it, uh, you know, I mean, the the cartoon is not good. This episode, at least, was not good. No, um, you're right. Uh, but, uh, you know, the characters, while all being very, very two-dimensional... Oh, boy. Um, ...are not uninteresting, despite that. You know, I mean... Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I find myself wanting to know more about Gus Bonner and this group of cadets... Um, actually, Seattle is a character that is really quite interesting to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, here we have this young woman who has uh, a Native American history yep. uh, and clearly spent time uh, amongst her uh, elders mm-hmm. uh, in in the what appears to be some sort of traditional setting. And I don't even know what I mean by that per se. Sure. And it's not um, said yet, but yep. But something there, and she she learned some stuff there. But now she's here, and she's got some sort of uh, mental capacity to connect with the Draga, the the, the ancient. Mm-hmm. And I don't know for sure if that's her or if that's the ancient or some sort of combination of the both. Oh, that's but right. It's I, I did miss that. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, uh, she's the one that's like, oh my goodness, something's happening to the chrysalis. Yep. And she was she was there when they were checking out the chrysalis, pulling it out of the uh, the uh, uh, sarcophagus in the first mm-hmm. episode. So she is interesting to me, and I'm kind of curious as to what goes on there. Gus Bonner is this guy that uh, uh, you know looks like he's a, a good leader. Um, again, two dimensional. Uh, Harrison just kind of bugs me. He's just oh yeah no he's he's I guess he's the character that ten year old viewer is supposed to identify most closely with because well I think 
because um you know he's he's because he's the he's a cadet and he's proving himself and he is the only uh male cadet is echo a cadet uh it's hard to say yeah i don't know but Echo is not human, and so therefore not the one that the ch- child that this is for. Probably is going to right, right, right. So you know, to. so so yeah, so you add these things together, and 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 who's the character that's most likely that that is being assigned to be identifiable with it with the target audience? It's Harrison, and you know, Harrison's a bit of a risk taker, and a bit, and he's kind of flippant, and he makes he he makes corny jokes that that a ten year old might find funny, or forty one, depending on you know, where you're at on that one. Um, and yeah, I think that he's, he's really there to be the standard male protagonist in a cartoon show. And so he just plays off of that stuff. So the, the, the adventure is happening. There's all sorts of information occurring. And to your point, uh, Harrison's about the least interesting. Gus Bonner is at least somewhat interesting. Seattle is interesting. We learned a lot about her backstory no, not really. But, you know, we, we learned a lot of snippets in there. And we learned a lot about Echo's backstory, too, in the form of what he kept saying about the Tlacan. Um, the, the reason that his mother had to escape was because of the Tlacan invasion. Right. And that was that was that was exposited as opposed to shown, which is always my favorite thing to harp on. But, you know, OK, we have a little piece of information. Echo probably has a personal beef with the Taklan. Does that even matter? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, will they do anything with that piece of information? I'm not sure. But okay, there we go. Um, it does appear that there is a principal bad guy in this universe, and that's the Taklan. Um, you did forget oh. Stacy, who is at this point in time a disagreeable, angry person. Yeah. I am also kind of curious how they're gonna, I mean, is it just going to be 24 episodes? Uh, well, 23 episodes, presuming the last one, they do anything kind of resolution at, at all. Uh, 23 episodes of Gus Bonner constantly being like, well, I can't prove it, but I'm going to figure it out. And Stacy being like, yeah, but what about that time you did something dumb? Like, <laughs> eh, it's going to be a long that time. That changes that that grows. I don't know, but I hope so because yeah. Oh, 23 episodes of that. That's going to be a long time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, and we have the, the Taklan, who was our principal bad guys. You were going to start saying something about them. I just, I, I'm just noticing that in this little universe, uh, you know, in the same way that season one of SG-1 was like firmly still established within the realm of uh, the Gua Wuld being the bad guys, which makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, you know, we, we apparently have a universal bad guy in the Taklan and it affected Echo's home world and it's affecting Earth right now. Sort so of. we yeah, don't really definitely. know that very much. I mean, this is what's this is something that is kind of interesting. We do know that the Taklan did attack Earth and try to get the chrysalis yeah. and all of that yes. stuff. Right. But um the snippets that we've gotten of the SGC, uh they are far more concerned with Gus Bonner being out there as a rogue. Oh, that's Than they are about the Taklan. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe this will change and develop over the, the series. I don't know. But right, right now, uh, the Taklan are certainly a de- big deal for uh, our characters, for our heroes. 
uh, Bonner and his team. Yeah, but are are they really a big deal on the the galactic scale of things? It's harder to say. Now, what do you think, Zach? Do you think that the Taklan, and I can't remember the exact sequence of events. Do you think that the Taklan learned of the gate address of where to go because of Grimes' espionage? Which, and I, and allow me to expand on that just a tad, because while in the SG One universe, I think that it's very difficult to know what address is being dialed in i think yes that's um, true uh but in the infinity universe perhaps uh perhaps the gate address can be known to the recipient and it's grimes who is feeding that information to the declan or do you think that the declan are somehow able to trace where the gate went so that they can keep chasing uh the infinity team so I don't think that I think that's a a giant uh loophole in the story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um we do hear like like in the first episode when they left the Taklan homeworld yeah. and Bonner basically left a big giant bomb right on top oh, of yeah. the, the uh the the dial home device. Yep. And the whole thing went boom, and we actually see them in this episode. So make sure you get everything put back together so we can keep chasing them again. Yeah. And uh, uh, the whole reason that Bonner did that was to hide their tracks. Um, yes. And the only way that you would have been able to figure out where that is is if that explosion didn't somehow, uh, or that the like the the primary crystal in the DHD. Uh, wasn't utterly destroyed in that, and it still had a residual imprint of the previous ep- uh, dial yeah. uh, gate dialed, blah blah blah, all of that stuff. Is that possible? Sure, but this series doesn't think that far ahead. Well, and of course not. And was the detonation device used on the tank in this episode the same as the one used on the DHD last episode? I think it was. I don't recall. And so I'm going to go ahead and think that it was, which then means that Bonner tried to melt the DHD. And of course, we all know that doesn't work. So we saw a big flash and a boom on screen. We did not see the resulting crater. We assumed there was a crater. In fact, no, it was just a lot of heat. And the DHD was like, yeah, whatever. Uh, Yeah, I broke a couple spots, but I can get fixed. That's how I'm going to retcon that. There you go. There you go. I, I without re- rewatching episode one and looking at it closely again, <laughs> uh, uh, which I don't what, plan to do right now. Yeah, I was going to say why, there. There is literally no reason. There's no reason for that. Now, but one thing that I am at least mildly interested in is is reformulating the story so that it can still quote work unquote. Uh, Zach, you know, and I'll let the lovely listeners know. Um, <clears throat> I have participated in conversations with you and several of other other good friends over many years now where we have spent, I don't know, 40 to 60 hours collectively trying to rework episodes one, two, and three of Star Wars. Like, and we're literally playing a Star Wars RPG where we're kind of sort of retelling episodes one, two, and three, which is 
outside of the 40 to 60 hours that we have sat on couches and stared at the ceiling and said, well, you know, it would have made more sense if blah, blah, blah. So I'm definitely the kind of person who's willing to look at a cartoon and go, oh, well, the reason why the DHD didn't blow up in episode one was because the the type of device used uh, was insufficient. And we can see evidence of that in episode two, because instead of blowing up the tank, it melted the plastic tank and the DHD is not made of plastic. So therefore it doesn't work. Now, one thing I am interested in though, is if the, uh, the Taklan continue to be, uh, if there's continued evidence of their surprisingly low density, uh, if, <laughs> if they're able to get shoulder flipped just as easily going forward, or perhaps a stiff breeze comes by, but that one was, that one was funny to me watching, watching, watching them just get totally flipped and on their back and off our heroes. Go. Oh yeah. And you know, the, the fact that, that they had the training to flip them in some capacity didn't surprise me. Um, Right. You know, it, it, it doesn't take a lot other than some good training and knowing how to balance yourself for a smaller person to flip a larger person in that way. Sure. But it doesn't often happen um, without some sort of movement ahead of time. That's right. Uh, on screen, it was Stacy grabbing an arm and literally just, hook <laughs> over, <laughs> over the shoulder, there you go. Yeah, so... Um, oh, one more thing that I wanted to say. So I'm noticing that uh, apparently everybody, both the Earth people and the Taklan, have uh, shrinking and growing capacities within their vehicles. Oh. Because their vehicles seem to get through the Stargate. And as yeah. soon as they get out of the Stargate, they seem to get bigger. Oh. That's a fun technology. Uh, it's it, the only explanation that I can think of other than simply saying that uh, something is messed up with the artistic design and uh, creation of the, the oh. show. Oh, it and surely can't be that. Clearly, that's not the situation. No, 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 no. Clearly, clearly the plastic. The, so plastics are apparently uh, highly advanced in the future. Um, and they clearly have some kind of sizing component to them that allows not only the vehicle, but also perhaps the occupants to occupy a slightly different amount of space when needed. And traveling through the Stargate is one of those moments where it's needed because yeah. it's not that big of a space. And yeah, the reason it's not talked about or mentioned in any situation is because everybody has it. It's old. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who yeah, cares? it's like the flying suit. I mean, Thanks. like it was it was novel at first, but now it's just like, yeah, this is like this is no big deal at all. So, I mean, technology is like, you know, the, the, we, it's our hope that, uh, you know, 25 years after 2002, uh, such technologies are just commonplace. Well, naturally. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we saw how successful 2015 was from the 1985 point of view. Well, Yeah. I'm flying still cars, hoverboards. For my flying cars and hoverboards. Yeah, that's right. You know, see-through sunglasses that are actually made out of like aluminum or something. Um, yeah. Although yeah, the mean, fact that yeah. people are apparently watching more than one show at a time is not too crazy. Uh, that yes, that was was not too crazy. Also, uh, I remember being really impressed with the down to the second prediction of rain. Um, 
you know, when mm. Doc jumps out and he looks at his watch and he's about to be, oh, it's about to rain. Like, right, no, it's going to, it's going to quit raining like right now. And it stopped raining. Right. And I was like, holy cow. And at the time I thought it was because a weather prediction was made earlier in the day that said it will stop raining precisely at 10:52 and 28 seconds. And that's what he was referring to. I did not consider the possibility that he was looking at his watch, getting an alert that told him down to the second when the rain front would pass, which is much more plausible. Ah, well, yes. Brent, we only yeah. have a few minutes before the Stargate closes. Oh my gosh, you're right. I so, see that. Double duty. Not just one duty. You said duty. Double duty. Yeah. How many chevrons? Uh, I don't think I had as much fun as I did with episode one. Uh, though there were still some moments where I was enjoying it. And yeah, I'm working hard to do retcon on this one. Which is unfortunate, um, but uh, you know I'm willing to willing to put in that uh, put in that that work. And the little tiny thorns, they were really cute. They had a, they had really tiny, adorable voices. That was quite just little itty bitty voices. That's right, that's right. Um, and their eyeliner was really good too. Uh, but um, I'm gonna give this one. We got ourselves some weird tech problems that i really have to explain the story is kind of bumpy the 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 acting is funny like the i'm gonna give it a three out of seven um they could have tuned this one up a little bit tighter and they didn't and there are definitely some plot holes in here that seem to be a little bit hard to get over uh but uh it wasn't a complete disaster and um it is moving the story along a little bit but uh you know wasn't all that good. <laughs> so a three out of seven for me. There what you about go. you? So I'm also going to give it a three out of seven. I uh-huh. considered giving it a two, but I could see how this uh, series at some point in time in the future could be a total train wreck. And yeah. I wanted some space to go down if I needed <laughs> You know, we could go into uncharted territory. We could go into the zero or negative chevrons. That, there, that is true. We, we could theoretically do that. Um, yeah. Uh, we're not there yet, no. but I could see that as a possibility. Yeah, that's, that's certainly within uh, the realm of possibility. Absolutely. So, uh, three out of seven chevrons for me. Yep. Um, okay. All right. Well, folks, uh, before this wormhole closes, yeah. uh, tell us what you think about this episode or about Infinity or whatever it is. You can email us at walkingthestargate at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Stargate Walking. Of course, we've got the Facebook pages and group. We've yep. got the discords and all of that stuff. Yep. So awesome. Again, for all of you Patreon supporters, thank you very much for making yes, this possible. Thank if you. This, uh, you are listening to this and you are not a Patreon supporter and want to, you can go to patreon.com slash walking through the Stargate yep. and find out more information there. You got it. All right. With all of that. I think we did a good job. Yeah. Yeah, we did. With all that, I'll say I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. And this has been... Stargate Infinity. We lost our bet. A Walking Through the Stargate podcast. See you next time. Bye.